So we've been working through St Paul's letter to the Romans, which is his most comprehensive and most theologically dense uh, letter in the New Testament. And today he's, he's drawing a contrast, a contrast between the choices of Adam and every subsequent human being uh, and the effects of those choices and the choices of the new man, Christ, and the effects of his choices. And did you notice the pattern in the reading today? Let's see if we can pick it up this time. Paul says, If it is certain that through one man's fall so many died, it is even more certain that divine grace coming through one man, Jesus Christ, came to so many as an abundant free gift. And then again, If it is certain that death reigned over everyone as a consequence of one man's fall, it is even more certain that one man, Jesus Christ, will cause everything to reign, everyone to reign in life who receives the free gift. And again, as one man's fall brought condemnation on everyone, so the good act of one man brings everyone life. And then again, however great, however great the number of sins committed, grace was even greater. You get the pattern now? Paul's trying to reinforce as strongly as he can that yes, the world can be pretty dark. Yes, people can do horrible things. Yes, you have been disappointed and hurt in life. Yes, you have weak tendencies and you fail often, but Christ has become one of us and on behalf of us has lived perfect obedience. So Paul is saying that you can be sure that grace is overcome and grace is overcoming all of the darkness. Grace is making it all right. Yes, you can give yourself permission to smile. You can accept yourself in your imperfection. And even more than that, Paul is saying that you can live with confidence of good things to come. You can have that kind of outlook towards life, even in the midst of the darkness. In the darkness, Paul is saying, you can be light. You can keep your head up. You can even rejoice. That is what grace does when it gets into us. It overwhelms all the other circumstances of our life. There's just one qualification that Paul gives us today. He says, you need to receive the gift. And when he's talking about receiving the gift, he's not talking about just once and then we forget about it, but it's, it's kind of this constant uh, welcoming of the grace of God the perfect obedience in Christ, that we, would, we, we constantly receive that into ourselves, receive that grace of justification, of healing. I guess that's why Paul repeated himself five times in this short passage, because he knows that for various reasons we find it hard to receive the gift, don't we? We know we need it, but we can just sometimes find it so difficult to receive that free gift of God. 
Paul's saying today, it's there to be received and everything is dependent on it. Everything in your, your whole faith is dependent on you receiving that gift. The only way I know how we can receive that gift is if we are constantly aware of our need for it. And that doesn't mean that we need to keep revisiting our failure, but it does mean that we need to remain in touch with the poverty deep within us, our profound need for God. And that's, that's why prayer is so important. I see prayer especially as that, that time or that place uh, where we're able to hold that tension between the Adam in us and the Christ in us. That tension between the fact that, yes, uh, we have a profound need for saving grace, but at the same time, we know the deep joy of being saved already by Christ. You know you've received the gift when you start responding like the psalmist today. He says, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. You know, when you've been really touched by grace, when we've received the gift, you can't help but want to live for the one who has saved you.